Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. On Wednesday, I'm either going to be the guy who got it right or nobody is going to listen to me anymore. The words of Robert Cahaley. And when did he say those things? He said those things on Sunday, November 6, 2016. That was two days before Cahaley, the senior strategist and pollster of the Atlanta-based Trafalgar Group, said Donald Trump is about to win this election. And he's been nailing results in a very unconventional way ever since. Who better to ask about Virginia? Hey, Robert, thank you so much for coming back to the program. It's always a pleasure to be on with Michael McConnish. Robert, can thank you for that. May, may I, I? I don't want to talk Virginia yet. I want to hit you with something else that we've been discussing for the last 45 minutes. So I came on air today, and I, I have this thesis. My thesis is that Joe Manchin just did Joe Biden a favor by throwing a monkey wrench into the big, big spending bill. And the way I get there, in very simple terms, was to point out to my audience the recent survey data. 71% in the NBC poll of the, of the nation think the country's headed in the wrong direction. Biden, according to NBC, has only a 42% approval rating. In the ABC survey, 32%, a plurality, say... This big spending is not going to help me personally. And then finally, NPR, 44 percent of Dems say they want Biden as their nominee, compared with, say, 50 percent of Republicans who want Trump as their nominee in 2024. My thesis, it's not going well for Biden and it will go worse for Biden if they pass this enormous spending bill so that Manchin is doing him a favor. That was my setup. And a number of my callers said to me, Michael, you're totally misreading the data. Democrats who say we're not happy with the direction of the country, they're not happy because of Republican obstructionism. So my long winded question for the senior strategist from Trafalgar is to say, how do you read all the data out there about how Biden is doing? I read it exactly like what you said. And I'm going to give you an analogy. I said the same thing when McCain voted down health care. And everybody said I was crazy. I said, no, he did the Republicans a massive favor because then this amalgamated mess did not pass, and Republicans will therefore not own this messed up health care system that would have been created. Sometimes when somebody votes against something you want, they do you a favor in the long run. I totally agree because it will be just like the same thing 
there will be a few people who get the vast amount of those resources, and those people pretty much are going to vote Democrat anyway. And so it, it's not going to buy them anything, and it's going to have a lot of people t- talking about debt more than ever. It's going to create another uh, uh, conflict having to do with uh, the raising the debt limit. And, I mean, even as this climate summit is going on, all media, mainstream, everybody is talking about that you're really not doing anything for the climate if you're not including China and Russia and, you know, big pollution countries. So the public, there's no consensus that Americans tightening their belt and putting on a bunch of misery is actually going to solve the problem when you're not dealing with the biggest polluter in the world. You know that the conventional spin today is to say, oh, the White House is so upset and, you know, Biden, he's overseas. How could Manchin shiv him like this? It wouldn't, Robert, it wouldn't surprise me if there were some back channel communications where it's, it's like, you know, one Joe calls the other. Biden says to Manchin, hey, I need you on this. Otherwise, we're headed for something worse. I, it does not surprise me at all. I, I, even to see Biden two days ago talking about the price of gas. It's like somebody has reminded Biden who he used to be, the guy who cared about the little guy, and said, "Hey, you you've been going on a ride that isn't that, that has left the centrist politics that has served you well, and you don't do well out on this limb of progressive. That that that's not where Joe Biden is going to prosper, and so I think he's slowly walking back to, to what he got elected to be." Talk to me about Virginia. The race has has tightened. How does Trafalgar, how does Robert Cahaley see it? We have, um, Youngkin, we we have not seen massive swings like everybody else. We've always thought this race was going to be close. We have Youngkin up by about 2.3, and I think undecided will break his direction as well. I I, I think he's going to to, to win, and he'll, he'll do it by better than a point. So, like everyone else, you're you're in the margin of error, right? It's that close. It is that close, but we're probably more than most have been in the field in Virginia more because we've done like four polls um, since the general election started. So, and they just haven't wavered that much. We 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 haven't seen a huge break. We're seeing a little break toward the end, but McCullough has never been able to get over the about forty-eight and a half. That is that is the highest he's ever been, and if you look at how he got elected eight years ago, I think the Libertarian got like six. I mean, that's his max. I don't think McCall can get over that hump. And Robert, to what do you attribute Yunkin leading in your survey by two point three? The most perfect perfect storm any Republicans had in Virginia in a long time. I mean, whether it's the Northern Virginia suburbs that are usually moderate to, to left, getting upset about critical race theory and all the other stuff going on in the schools, whether it's the, uh, the decisions, uh, uh, the cancel culture stuff that's going on. I mean, they, they took that statue of Lewis and Clark, for God's sake. People are losing their minds in Virginia. Then you add the crime. The biggest issue we found early on is people thought, that the governor should join the other governors and cancel the 300 bucks a week. And people believe that is the reason we have all this problem with employment and supply chain, that it's all about the government paying people not to work. And that was the one thing more Virginians agreed than any other issue. 
You think that's bigger than even education? Because as as an out-of-towner, and you're obviously from Atlanta, but you're hands-on with all the analysis you've done in those four surveys, but I've been convinced education is the big driving factor. I think education is the driving factor in Northern Virginia. Uh, But education is a factor for people who have kids in school as their predominant thing they're voting on. Uh, so it is it is absolutely massive, and it is a education is the biggest factor among swing voters is what I would tell you again, lacking the data at your fingertips. I could see a McAuliffe victory by a tight margin. I could see a Yunkin victory by a tight margin. If anyone wins with a comfortable margin, to me that's going to be Yunkin because the win as as bush forty one would say he's got the big mo right. There's no question about it. I mean, everything that that's happening. I mean, everything has broken the right way for him. I mean, it is, if the Atlanta Braves can have the same kind of breaks as Yunkin does, we're going to win tonight. We're going to be world <laughs> champions. I mean, that's that's how strongly I feel about this. But everything has he has he has campaigned. He's done a great job, and he's he's threaded that needle very well. And it's just a it's a tough time to run at I just think the strategic mistake that they've all made is make this whole thing about Trump and it's like you're basically running a whole campaign saying you don't want another Trump at this time that the guy that beat Trump is in the tank in your state maybe you should reevaluate you know something else I think that's related to your observation about Democrats making a mistake of, of pinning too much on Trump to bring out the celebrity parade of Obama and Biden and Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams, and I'm sure there are four or five others, I think feeds this David versus Goliath race that benefits Yunkin. I said to Larry Sabato, I think I said it to him on television, that I remember when I would try cases and the defense table, I was the plaintiff's lawyer, the defense table would be loaded with lawyers, and, and then it'd just be me with my client. And I always, I always kind of like that because it said to the jury, look how much horsepower it takes over there to defend against this guy. Well, especially when the public is angry about the way things are going, you, you don't bring out a parade of people who represent keeping things the way they are. It doesn't yeah, make any makes, sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. How, how, how about the way that he's handled Trump? I mean, Yunkin. You know, he's he's somehow been able to tap that base, but but not get too close. I, I think he's threaded that needle very well. He hasn't done anything, that, you know, to 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 upset or, 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 or take the motivation away from the Trump supporters. But at right. the same time, he's established it as his own man, but he's picked up that mantle, the Trump mantle of an outsider who's coming in from business. So the fact that he's done that, the way he's done it, it, it just it just goes to his individual talent and um, him coming into this thing clear out about where he needed to be. Okay, so sum up. Robert Trafalgar, best known for 2016, a single firm that you run that had the most accurate polls in Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, North Carolina, Ohio, Colorado, and Georgia, wants us all to know what about Virginia? That Virginia is probably a lot more in the middle than people realize. Virginia has a lot of people who who may vote Republican or Democrat primaries, but they don't register by party. And 
a lot of Virginians think of themselves as independent, and they want to put what they think is best for Virginia first, and they're unhappy with what they've had, and they want to make a change. Robert, thank you so much. Senior strategist and pollster from the Trafalgar Group, I really appreciate your insight. Sounds great. I hope you have a good day. Me too, or you too. Thank you, Robert. Hey, uh, go vote in Virginia. Matters not to me for whom you vote. Just go vote. I'll say this, though. I am I am endorsing in school board elections throughout the country. Go vote for sane people. Go vote for sane people for school board. How's that? Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.